Hey and welcome to Rise of the Savvy Souls, the podcast where we talk all things spirituality, healing and inner transformation. I'm your host, Sarah Flynn, spiritual growth and transformation coach, speaker and mentor, here to help you as you awaken to your soul purpose, activate your divine gifts and elevate into your goddess power. I am so excited you are here and I know that it's no coincidence that our paths have crossed. So with that in mind, let's jump straight in to this week's episode. Hey girls and welcome back to another episode of Rise of the Savvy Souls. Super excited to be introducing each of you to a very special person in my life. I am so excited to bring to the podcast one of my best friends. Her name is Isabella Imani. Not only is she a super special soul sister, and I will share with you the story of how our paths aligned, but she is also a super special relationship and behavioral coach as well. So Isabella works with Fortune 500 CEOs, and she currently works with them one-to-one to increase their emotional intelligence using a trauma-informed approach. Through this, she works together with them to reprogram their subconscious behavioral patterns through inner alignment and goal setting. So welcome, Isabella. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I'm so excited too. What an opportunity to work with the Sarah Flynn. (laughs) (laughs) And the Isabella. I love this so much. This has been like a while in the making, hasn't it? We keep saying it's been a long time coming. Yeah. It's about time. I'm so excited. It is the right time. And before we go into the incredible work that you do with your executives and how transformational and deeply healing your work actually is, I'd love if we could just take a little moment to go back down memory lane and just share with the listeners how we actually met because it's kind of fascinating our story, I feel. Like we're convinced that we're like twin Soul- flames or soulmates. We've met in past lives and we're just going to like reincarnate together in like future lives. I'm sure of it. Oh my God, for yeah. real. So Yeah, to paint the picture for you girls who are listening, as you are all aware, like a couple of years ago, I spent six months over in LA and it was coming to the end of my trip. It was like December, wasn't it? I was due to go home and I got invited to this house party in Malibu in the December before I left. And I thought, why not? Like, you know, who's not going to say yes to a house party in Malibu? (laughs) 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 Who's not going to say yes to that? So I was like... Our two-year anniversary is coming up next month. Just oh, I love us. Happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) So off I went to this house party in Malibu where there was obviously loads of people at this house party, but you and I, like, we just, we just hit things off straight away, didn't we? We did. We did. And what was really cool too, and I tell everybody like the story of how we met is that we actually met through our mutual, like other best friend, Steph right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's easily one of my twin flames as well, just like a a soulmate. And so it's really cool how the universe brought the three of us together. Um, And just very unlikely circumstances, because we were both at such different places in our lives. Like I was in that toxic relationship that you saw me leave almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just kind of cool how it unfolded, because I know that you were going through such a transformational time in your life as well. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely huge, like a lot to thank Steph for, for bringing us together. And he is definitely our other soulmate. And we're just like a a dynamic trio when we're all together. It's really just magic. But yeah, I think, you know, to paint the picture of where we both were at that time, I was definitely just coming to the end of a super life-changing six months in LA. Steph was, yeah, just one of my closest friends over there at the time. And when I met you, yeah, you were, you were in this relationship, which definitely was not the healthiest of relationships for you. But as all of my girls know who listen to this podcast, and I share this all of the time, our challenges are always our biggest blessings in the end. And I think what's really fascinating about your journey was when we did first meet in Malibu, you were still very much in corporate, you know, like really sort of high level demanding job. Mm -hmm. And I was in the sort of coaching healing industry. So we connected, but we've connected deeper since your life did a whole 360 within the space of a year and you turned your world upside down to to step onto this path so I'd love for my listeners to hear that story from from your perspective like what actually happened there yeah so honestly like a huge and I'm so grateful for the relationship that I had with my ex it was truly the biggest blessing of my life because when it ended as toxic as it was the most beautiful thing that came out of that was the ending and basically who I've been able to become in the last two years, which is exactly the woman that I was always meant to be. And so that's kind of what started it, but going back to when we met, so, you know, I was in super corporate, right? Like I was working for, you know, some of the top entertainment companies in the world. And so I was doing the traditional path of taking on promotion after promotion and the last company that I was with. So I went from, you know, working at a company called Viacom and they manage like MTV and BET and all, all that stuff. And so I, I, I left there and that's actually the time that you and I had met. So then I, I left there and then I took on this head of HR and operations role for a management um, production company. And that's where I became this like super young, I think I was, and I, I hate sharing my age, but I think it's relevant actually. Like, I think at the time I was like a 25 year old female executive in a male dominated company and a male dominated industry where I was then expected to lead the pack. You know, something that I felt more than qualified to do, um, but it was just a whole different mindset of not only emotional masking, but like masking who I was as a person and doing the whole traditional path of like, you know, upwards and onwards and promotions. And this is who I should be. And like the high paying salary, just chasing after goals that I now find extraordinarily irrelevant. Right. And so when that breakup occurred, um, it was truly one of the most liberating moments for me because I realized I no longer had to be responsible for someone anymore. And, um, and then with that mindset, I did a lot of inner healing and I, I decided to really fall in love with myself. And I found myself through a lot of personal development modalities. Like I went to all the seminars, like Tony Robbins, I was reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts. I still do. This is who I am now. And it's something I thoroughly enjoy. Um, but through that, I was able to say, okay, like now I got rid of this relationship and I'm finding myself now, what doesn't align in my life right now? And it was this job. And granted, I loved the company that I worked for. I love the people that I worked for. I was like, this also isn't me. 
I'm 25 going on 26. I'm in this executive role. Um, this idea of having to be head of HR and operations obviously came with its own expectations of um, being a young female executive, like covering up my appearance, like really downplaying my personality and who I was. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's what I did in my relationship. And, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. The way you do one thing is the way that you do all things. And I was like, I got to cut this out. And so one day after I came back from a Tony Robbins seminar, my second one, and you and I have been so closely connected through this journey. So then one day, six months after my breakup, I was starting to feel like me. And then I, I was like, I got to just part ways. So I went to the, the partners in my company, six men. And I was like, guys, I love you. I love you so much, but I don't think this is the path for me. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. I had no idea. Um, I didn't know it was actually going to be coaching, but I was like, guys, I, I just can't be here anymore. Um, and whatever I can do to support you, but this doesn't align. And so I left this like high paying, like six figure role head of HR and operations for a management company that is killing it in Los Angeles. And I just said, peace out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's crazy. Cause then I was like, well, I still love people. I still love personal development. I always want to help people, but I was like, what, how do I do this in a capacity that aligns with me? And then, and then I remember seeing more of your posts and at this time you and I had been close, but we haven't been soulmates close. Like I truly believe that you are like one of my soulmates to a T. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd been following your journey and I was like, Oh, coaching, huh? <laughs> Maybe I can do that. And then I just started doing research and I was like, well, what's helped me in the past? And then I kind of just took the jump and that's where I am. So that was a really long winded answer, but I think to kind of paint the picture of the journey in the last two years, that's kind of what brought me here. Um, a lot of faith, a lot of bravery and so grateful for the emotional support from everybody, especially you. Oh my gosh. I know. And I get chills just hearing all of that story yeah. because like, as you said, like we met at that house party in Malibu and then it was, you know, you were going through your whole transformation, turning your world upside down and stepping onto, stepping into massive faith and taking huge leaps of faith whilst I was back in the UK. And I just remember getting this message off you one day, like, I quit my corporate job and I'm now a coach or something like right. that. But, but yeah. to me, I was like, Whoa, I need to catch up. Like what's just happened. And you were like, you know, we broke up this happened, that happened. And so you filled me in on what had been happening over all of those months. And then it was the second time I went back to LA, wasn't it? And yeah. we agreed to meet up or we arranged to meet up and I was there for three weeks yeah. and we were literally like inseparable. Every single day. It was yeah. amazing just deep into like healing spirituality trauma relationships because we yeah. yeah we've we're literally like the image of each other in 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 all ways which is gorgeous and we're so grateful that we've been brought together so grateful, so grateful. So grateful. I get the day um to any listeners I mean this is just giving some insight into our relationship I think you know where I'm going with this when we decided we were working so hard we were working every single day for like 10 hours on our business and then one day I, I think I was supposed to come pick you up we were supposed to work together and you're like you know what I don't really want to work today I was like oh I'm like well what else would we do and you're like let's go take our inner child on a play date and so <laughs> We, we drove all the way to Santa Monica and we were talking and we went on that beautiful walk in the boardwalk where we manifested 
our house together out of nowhere. We just saw this beautiful house that was being made on the beach and it wasn't fully done yet, but we just felt our energy and we just closed our eyes and our hearts connected. And we just said this whole visualization of like us throwing beautiful house parties and it's just not house parties, but just like communal parties around personal development and all this other stuff. And it was in that moment where I was like, mm, I think I just met my person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It just evolved more from there. Yeah. Oh, I loved that day. And then we went, we went like on all the rides around the oh, fair. Sisters, reprogramming our subconscious behavioral pattern. We were such coaches that day. Yeah, we, we were. So much fun. By the way, like this is how you know when you found a soul friend is when you're like, let's take our inner child on a day out. Oh, yeah, of course, we speak the same language oh that's so funny so yeah that was such a gorgeous 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 day and I would love for you to share because like the girls will agree who are listening to this that's pretty impressive to hear like your background in corporate like working amongst a lot of men in a very masculine driven society and industry to now (laughs) coming out and flipping it on its head and being the coach and the personal development mentor for these people as well. So like your clients are like really high powered, ambitious, you know, and driven people and they, and, and you help them with their personal development. Tell us a little bit more about the work you do with your clients. Yeah, of course. And I also do want to like preface it too. Like I work with, I'd love to work with more women as well. Um, that just hasn't been an opportunity that's, that's um, presented itself yet. But I think currently where I sit, I think because I have that executive background, um, it just came natural to leave corporate for me and then to understand the importance of, you know, bringing emotional intelligence to the corporate environment. And I so think, I think that that was a natural fit for me, but as I've progressed as well, I, I, I do value the importance of actually bringing this to everybody um, which actually goes hand in hand with kind of what I'm doing, that pro- that passion project that I'm working on right now, which is just increasing our emotional intelligence to, for all of us to increase our emotional intelligence and use a trauma-informed approach to every aspect of our lives. And so that's actually what I'm doing with my executives, but I'm creating a lot more group programs and like offerings at the individual level um, as well. So it's it's a lot more affordable and, and we can all do this on a daily basis, right? And so going back to your original question, what's it like to like lead these men now? I think a huge part of what informed my work and I'll get a little bit deep here. And I know that, you know, the story, like you are truly one of my best friends. And so, you know, the ins and outs, but to your listeners as well, I just want to go back to the trauma informed perspective um, and where that holds so much weight for me. So what was important is through the course of my upbringing, I actually didn't have a traditional upbringing and it was actually far from it. And so resilience wasn't just a mindset, like it was a way of life. It was, it was, there was really no option for us. I was raised um, by a single mother, a single teen mother growing up. And we moved over 20 times before I was in sixth grade. We were in and out of, you know, like just really turbulent relationships that she had. And we were on like, um, like government support, right. To, to get us through when people joke about living in ghettos or whatever inappropriate jokes they may have, or what their image image of that might be. We actually lived in that growing up. And I think a lot of people don't associate that with kind of my upbringing. 
And in addition to the amount of turbulence of, of moving, being living in poverty, um, I also experienced a wide range of trauma in terms of, you know, physical abuse and sexual abuse growing up from basically age five to age 15. Um, and so that really informed a lot of my deep desire to connect with people and help them. And so um, kind of leading on with that now, I think it made me a lot more empathetic. It made me a lot more curious about personal development and understanding how our unhealed wounds um, from any aspect of our lives, especially childhood, carries into our behavioral patterns today. And so while my audience currently has been, you know, a lot of these high powered executives, I believe that this is something that should be, you know, coached on at very early ages for children to learn how to manage through their anxiety, how to do cognitive reframes to healthily approach situations that are traumatic, whether it's big T trauma, like the physical abuse or the sexual abuse or living in poverty, or what we call small T trauma, which is equally as severe, right? But around like bullying, right? Or feeling inadequate, all things that we've all experienced or even heartbreak, right? All things that we've all experienced throughout our lives, but understanding how whatever form of trauma you, you go through, it still sticks with us regardless of your financial or career success. And so it's really fascinating working with these guys that I used to work for, but now I'm working with and coaching through because it's, it's cool with all the resources in the world that they have. Um, you know, these guys are making hundreds of millions a year. No one taught them to pause, slow down, interpret their emotions instead of bypass them. So that way they can show up more effectively as a leader because it's a domino effect too, right? When you can heal yourself, you can heal others. Um, so that was a long-winded answer. Again, I think- I love I the long-winded answers. <laughs> I, I hope it paints a picture in terms of like why this is important at any age of your life, especially if you can start this as early as possible. The younger the possible, the better, right? Mm -hmm. um, but also regardless of your level of success, however you define that. Yeah, and I, I just want to thank you for sharing your story as well to all of my listeners because I don't know if I ever shared- this with you either because I was when I was in LA and I came over for those three weeks you shared your story with me in those three weeks which was like fascinating because obviously you just get a whole new le level of depth and just insight into a person's life which was gorgeous but at that time as well um you didn't realize that I was going through my womb healing journey because I very much was keeping it a secret mm -hmm. at that time yeah. But it was it was really um, fascinating to me because the week that you told me about your childhood and the physical and sexual abuse, I actually had, I think it was two or three clients that same week open up to me about the same challenges. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, and I'm getting chills saying it now, I remember just being like, the universe would not deliver me this message so loud and so clear if there wasn't something in this that I was supposed to look into. Mm -hmm. And it did, it opened up that whole can of worms around womb healing, womb activation, the way women store fear, pain and trauma in their womb space. Yeah. All these different levels of abuse or pain or sadness mm -hmm. that we're not 
taught how to regulate. So yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted to share that as well. But I think it would be amazing because you know so much about trauma and like my listeners know as well that my relationship in the past wasn't pretty. And a lot of my listeners can resonate with this as well. And whether it's, you know, the toxic ex or whether it is the school bullies or whether it is actual physical sexual abuse or any of the things wherever it is on the spectrum, like it's trauma all the same. And if we don't learn to heal it and let it go, we just keep inviting in the same patterns, but in a different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we how do we begin to because we've had loads of conversations by the way so to anybody listening by the way we now speak like every single day we have regular like six hours a day it's ridiculous yeah. yeah we have regular zoom calls we're like we're just so deep in trauma world but like you know we've personally been through many personal things where you know, we've invited people into our lives or we've thought that it was going to be from a a positive space, but we've got that confused because of old trauma wounds coming up. So yeah, I'd love for you to just touch on that a little bit, like the trauma bonding, the trauma wounds and how we can know to discern the difference between, are we just allowing our trauma to lead our fate? Yeah. How can we control that so that we can, we can know the difference? Absolutely. So I'm going to dive in with like a bunch of different things, but then stop me if I don't connect on like everything that you want to touch on. And then I'll go back because we can talk about this for hours, but essentially like what comes up for me immediately is, um, is trans general. So wait, let me back up. So what comes up for me immediately is, is kind of your, your work around womb healing. Right. And you were such a pivotal moment and you still are Sarah, like you were such a pivotal moment in my life and in my healing. And what we know about trauma work is that one of the best ways to overcome your trauma is through what we call co-regulation. Right. And so basically that implies that, or it basically states that implies that, you know, like we find a lot of healing through the safety of our safe relationships. And you have been such a safe foundation in my life to allow me to be seen and heard without judgment. And Sarah, I know that's what you do for your listeners. I know that's what you do for your family and for your friends. And um, not just because you're my best friend, but I truly believe that, you know, God brought us together for a reason and that you are my best friend for a reason. And just to any of your listeners out there, I swear we didn't talk about this before. I just like love you (laughs) so much. I think that that's why, like, I'm so grateful that you're doing this podcast, right? Or that like any of the work that you're doing, you provide a safe platform for everybody, but especially women to feel seen and heard given all the trauma that we've experienced. And to any listeners out there, even if you've never experienced big T trauma, like the sexual abuse, like the physical abuse, I think a lot of us can resonate. um, And I don't want to speak for anyone, but I, I would, I would certainly suggest that maybe a lot of us can resonate with feeling guilt uh, or feeling emotions of shame and guilt around who we are, around our feminine presence, around who we think we should be, around any like like underlying animosity even towards other women because we feel a perceived threat, right? And I think that in and of itself could be another form of trauma. And just to back up even a little bit more, the definition of trauma, right? It's more or less subjective. So if you like type this in on the internet, it's less about the event and it's more about how we perceive the event. It's more about the meaning that we perceive to it, right? So if you and I, Sarah, were walking down um, the street together 
and someone suddenly started yelling at us, right? You may be so emotionally regulated and so emotionally secure that you're like, oh, that was kind of annoying. It like was a little off-putting, but it's not enough to like trigger me, right? It's, it's, it's just a thing that happened and that's fine. Whereas I could experience that and I could go into shock for days because something triggered me so much so that I don't feel safe, right? And while that may not be a big deal to you and it was for me, that could that in and of itself because of the meaning that I attached to the event could be a form of trauma. Mm. So to any listeners out there that um, are trying to make sense of what this big word means, um, I just encourage you to be a little gentle with yourself as well and think about the areas where um, you're feeling triggered. One of my favorite quotes, and you know this, all of my, my, my listeners know too, that like I live my life by quotes. One of the best quotes is, trust your triggers because they show you areas where you're not yet healed. And instead of doing the normal thing where we're like emotionally bypassing, which means that we're not processing our emotions, we're kind of just bulldozing through them, actually take a minute to pause and get curious about these triggers, right? Maybe it's seeing a photo on Instagram or, you know, that maybe a significant other like, and you're like, oof, that didn't feel good. All right, well, get curious about that. Don't suppress mm -hmm. it. Also, don't guilt yourself for the way that you feel. So I wanted to just preface things with that. And then going back to... Um, kind of the bigger picture, which is like a huge part of my body of work, right? Where I'm even, you know, drafting a TED talk around this, where I talk about the compounding effects of our unhealed emotional wounds. Um, an example of this is, is um, a really good quote, hurt people hurt people, and we repeat what we don't repair. Those are really great, great quotes to think about trauma, right? In terms of how our emotional wounds are manifesting themselves in other areas of our life. It could look like a limiting belief where it's, you know, someone decides I want to start that company or I want to apply for that um, promotion or I want to talk to that guy or that girl, but I don't feel like I'm good enough, right? Even feelings of inadequacy, where do those come from? We weren't born feeling like we were inadequate. These are all learned behaviors that came from somewhere. And so understanding that as a form of trauma is important because if these are learned behaviors, the way that I think about trauma is, is in two parts. There's like the cognitive portion of trauma, which I'll get into. It's around um, transgenerational beliefs, right? It's beliefs around any beliefs that were formulated, learned behaviors, right? From any aspect of our life of inadequacy, not being good enough, where a good example, and I think this is one a lot of listeners can relate to, which may seem small, but it's, it's actually really relevant, where it's, we've all heard this before, if you don't go to college, you won't get a good paying job, right? And what happens if you don't get a good paying job? Who knows? Maybe you won't be able to afford the things that you want, or our two biggest fears across the board universally for every single human is that we won't be loved and we won't be good enough. So if we don't get that promotion, if we don't go to college, if we don't da-da-da, right? Like those are called transgenerational beliefs, a form of trauma, right? That we project onto others and in maybe in a loving way, right? Like our parents probably wanted the best for us and said, you know, Sarah, Isabella, go to school so you can be self-sufficient and not have to rely on people. But those are fears that were projected onto us. And those are beliefs that we then project onto our children, right? To follow the traditional path. So that's a form of, of trauma on a cognitive level, these transgenerational beliefs that are passed down from generation to generation that are not true, right? Mm -hmm. 
the idea that you have to eat, and especially I think a lot of female listeners can relate to this. I certainly can. The idea that uh, you have to be married before the age of 30. <laughs> no. Who on earth came up? Who made, who made this rule book? <laughs> and then also it's up to us to question this. Like, mm. honestly, like that just isn't the case. And we know that you don't suddenly lose your value because you are 30, 30 years old and a day. If anything, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand that. And what we know too, around thoughts and behaviors like this is also that like, um, and I just want to double down on this because this is the nerd in me who like literally has to look up every scientific study ever and reference them. But if, if any of your listeners are, are curious about even questioning this belief, this is what we call creating disconfirming beliefs, right? This is also how we build safety. Um, but what we know too is as women become more educated, which we are, we're also becoming more empowered. Women are breaking glass ceilings in monumental ways. Um, in this lifetime alone than we ever had before. Women are more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And so we're starting to see that even in the way that we decide that we decide to get married mm-hmm. if we choose to do so, which is really powerful. And the more edu- and there are studies that, that corroborate this as well, where it's the more educated a woman is, um, not only is she least likely to get married, if she does decide to get married, she gets married at a later age, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just a really fascinating thing behind that. So that is one form of trauma. The second thing, so that's the transgenerational beliefs. The second part that I wanna touch on is also kind of a, a body of work called epigenetics, which is like a really big work, but it really talks about kind of the physicality of like trauma being passed down from generations to generations, right? So it's basically, a, if we grew up in turbulent environments, right? Think of, there's a lot of, of bo- there's a huge body of work around like Holocaust survivors, right? And epigenetics, where of course they lived in the most painful, horrific, traumatic environments, right? Mm-hmm. And and with those environments, the, the chronic stress that they were put under, it actually caused their cells to mutate, um, their, their actual physical cells excuse me, to mutate um, in order for them to adapt to such harsh environments. So just think about it in terms of like Darwin's theory in terms of um, basically survival of the fittest, right? These cells needed to mutate in order to adapt to their environment. Same with humans um, that grew up in traumatic experiences. So what we find at a like a molecular level in our DNA is that if we are grown up in these environments, even think about it on a smaller level, on a daily level that I think even your listeners can relate to, our diet. If we are putting our body under a lot of stress, having a poor diet, that can cause our cells to mutate in a way to adapt to our environment. Because our number one purpose of our physical body isn't to look hot. It isn't to flex our beautiful abs and have a hot girl summer, although that is a part of it. (laughs) the number number one part of it really is to protect ourselves that's the purpose of your body so your body will do absolutely anything it can to protect yourself and to thrive in any environment that you are in our bodies are so sophisticated and so beautiful like that Mm -hmm. um and so understanding trauma as well as it pertains to our physical being going back to your womb healing experience because whether we've experienced big t trauma or little t trauma so big t the physical sexual abuse or the little t trauma, poor diet um, and nutrition um, 
or even just an adapt an adaptation to our environment, even physical um, ailments, right? Or even physical like sicknesses to our body. Those things undoubtedly get passed down from generation to generation. So to tie this up with a pretty little bow, <laughs> um, sorry, another long-winded answer. We repeat what we don't repair. And these things get passed down from generation to generation. So when we think about trauma, and I know we've all seen the quotes out there where we say, the trauma stops with me. What an empowering perspective. The trauma absolutely can stop with you. You can, you can make the conscious decision to heal yourself so you can heal your lineage, which is why I find your work so fascinating too, because prior to you, I'd never heard of womb healing. And the more research I've done, and I'm not the expert at it like you are, and I'm still <laughs> learning because I'm learning through you, my best friend. Um, but you've been a part of that healing journey for me where I'm like, I can go back and heal the past, my present, and am so empowered to create a new future, not just for me, but my children and their children. The trauma stops with us. So yeah, so that's a I, whole perspective of trauma across I, the board. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love that. And we need that depth because as you were saying all of that, I, it's literally so evident that like we've all experienced trauma on some yeah. level. And I used to think like, oh, you know, I've had a lovely childhood like and I was kind of in denial about like traumatic events in my life yeah. you know in the past um but you when you put it like that it's like oh no there's so many ways of how we can be traumatized experience trauma and as you say it's like it's not what happened it's how you witness it it's how you witness the event that actually happened and I think what's fascinating as well is we always have these conversations week by week. And what's yeah. funny is, because my listeners obviously know that I'm a highly spiritual person, <laughs> what's very funny is, as you can all definitely tell when Isabella speaks, she she loves the, the psychology side of things and the, yeah. the studies and the cases and the research and all of the stuff. Whereas obviously the way I do things is very trusting of like the energies and what I download and what I feel into. But it's fascinating when we come together because when you talk about like epigenetics and all of these studies and, you know, there's evidence that trauma gets passed down, but then like we have these conversations and I'm like, yeah, because you can go back and heal your ancestral lineage. <laughs> And it just comes together so nice because That's what I love about our friendship. We've got such a good blend of masculine and feminine energy. This polarity. <laughs> we really, really, really do. And I think that's probably why we were supposed to journey this life together yeah. is because of that blend. Because yeah, it's and and in a way it's nice because it's almost proof that this spiritual stuff is not just woo-woo stuff. No, like it's backed all. up by all of these studies and when you said the trauma stops with me like I literally got chills with that because going on my womb healing journey was the most empowering liberating if yeah. not also super challenging journey of my life but like to be on the other side of that and I know that not only did I heal myself but I know that I set a lot of souls free from past pain and trauma and prevented future generations from inheriting the trauma that I was carrying from that I inherited from previous generations it's yeah. like I just don't think there's any greater work that we can all do than heal our trauma to heal ourselves so we can 
connect with others so we can heal others. Um, there's a lot of work too around modeling behaviors, right? So one of the things that I love about our relationship is that we do have this amazing kind of yin and yang experience that we go through. And it's almost like when you experience something, I feel like I experience it with you. And I know you feel the same, vice versa. Um, and it's, it's a really powerful thing because, um, because when we heal ourselves, then we're able to hold space for others. And I'm so grateful to like witness your journey because there's a lot that I, I haven't been brave enough to do yet. And to witness it through you, it almost challenges me in a really positive way to up level. And it makes me not so afraid to try things like womb healing, to go that deep within, which can be a really scary thing without the tools and the resources and the support to do. But going back to modeling behaviors, when you see other people doing it, and you see them in their strength. And that's what I love about your story too. And I don't know how deep you've gotten with your listeners. I just knowing you, you're, you're really good about bringing. I'm an people. open book. <laughs> I'm an love. open book. They know everything. It's really inspiring because I'm like, wait, like that's one of the things that I love about you is that you're so real and you're so raw and you're so authentic. And you've literally to even witness you pull yourself out of this, this space, the, the, the strength and the bravery and the courage um, has been so fascinating because it makes me feel as not only like your friend, even if I weren't, even if I just got to witness your journey from afar, I'm like, damn, this girl's doing it. I can do it. And then I'm just more empowered and more inspired to do it. And that's, and, I, and to your listeners as well, everybody that's listening to this, please know that you have the power within you to pull yourself out of those, those dark edges and to become the best version of you because don't give up. Other people are watching your journey, hoping that you succeed because, because it's giving them strength as well. Um, really quick though, girl, I realized I didn't touch on your original question because I just go off on a tangent. Your question was around trauma bonding. My bad. Do you want to touch on that real fast? <laughs> we can touch on that. Yeah, because it's okay, definitely- I'll go, I'll go real quick because um, this is really easy. Um, so trauma bonding, and we talk about this all the time, and it shows up quite a bit in dating, um, which is, I think, something you and I have talked about nonstop, a huge part <laughs> of my life, especially as we do this. Like a huge part of our friendship right now is these trauma <laughs> experiences. And guys, it, like we only operate at our current level of awareness. And so what I mean by that is, is you're constantly learning new things, but but as it pertains to trauma bonds, like you just don't know what you don't know. And that's why the inner work is so important. And self-education is going to certainly be one of your best advocates for your mental health as you spot red flags early on and you choose not to entertain them because you're like, oh no, this feels like a trauma bond. This doesn't feel authentic. This feels like it could potentially lead to something toxic. And that's why this inner work is so helpful because it really is preventative right? And sometimes who doesn't love a good red flag? Like, you know, trauma bonding also indicates uh, at sometimes like, you know, if we grew up in chaotic homes or if we had chaotic relationships, whether we know it's healthy or not, obviously in this case, super unhealthy, sometimes our body, and this goes back to trauma bonding, naturally feels safe and comfortable in those unhealthy spaces, um, even though they're not safe. It's just something that we're used to. And that's a form of trauma bonding. Um, can we just talk we, about like how attractive we find that though as well? Yeah. Like, because, yeah. Cause we're so used to it. It, what it does on a physical level, our physiology. So I'll go back to our patterns and Sarah, you and I used to date the same kind of guy. 
We have we have the same taste in red flag men. <laughs> and so we kind of bond over that. And it's really funny now because whenever we're like, because we're both single and we're both going through our, our dating journey, but it's really funny where it's like, oh, Sarah, here's a red flag. And we'll we'll both laugh at it for a moment. And but then like, also get no. so excited by it for a minute. <laughs> like, oh, he's gorgeous. And <laughs> <laughs> but then your the best message I ever got from you was about how you role played the full thing in your head yeah, and it was thing- like I already know what's gonna happen like yeah. <laughs> my new thing is and it's so funny to experience this with you is I'll see a red flag and I'll just like I'll like oh my god my body just does all these weird kinds of things where I just am like oh my god this feels great I'm so excited he's hot he's all these things he's and then and then and then I close my eyes and then, then I'll do like a five minute meditation and I'll I'll think of the way it starts and it's gonna be like the most beautiful experience we fall head over heels and like two seconds and I'm like have my babies and then we get married and like a, a, who knows right a week and I'm just playing this out like hypothetically right and then I'm like Oh, and then, you know, maybe three years down the road, he starts liking, you know, someone else's photos on Instagram. And then we get in a fight and it's never really resolved because he's not doing the inner work, but I am. And there's an imbalance between masculine and feminine energies, all the polarities out of whack. I'm leading with my masculine. I can't trust him. We end up getting a divorce because his argument style is contempt and mine is stonewalling and we just never get relationship in like five minutes and you're like, hmm. I'm going to swipe left on that one. Yeah. These are like our genuine conversations and we go, yeah, hard to look at, but no, it's a no. Red flag, red flag. And so that's also too, like with trauma bonding, it's a really fascinating thing because it takes us a really long time. We actually have to train our mind and our body to like what's good for us, what's healthy for us. Because if we're so used to attracting these red flags, not only are we attracting them, the worst part is, is when we're still attracted to them. And that's when, you know, you've still got growth to do. Yeah. And so when you're still attracted to them and you make the decision to not swipe left, but swipe right. And it's a big super like, you're like, oh boy. Right. Mm. Just catch yourself there because that's when you start to get yourself in the trouble. The real work shows when you're like, okay, red flag, I'm going to embody your essence for all of five minutes and then just pass, pass. Um, because that's what's going to be best for you and your mental health. But going back to what we talked about before, it takes a while. And this is a real cognitive subconscious behavioral pattern that we need to break out of where it takes a while for us to actually like what's good for us. So um, to any ladies out there, and I know a lot of us can relate where it's like a guy who's really sweet, really nice starts to like you. And I know girls, we've all done it before where we're like, ew, he's too nice. Like the poor guy, the poor guy is like such an angel. And we're like, ew, we're like, ew, gross. Whatever, whatever not kind thing we say, right? Ladies, I just I just challenge you to take a minute to pause and just question yourself in terms of get curious. What's coming up for you? Why is this so unattractive to you? Um, and what is it that you're looking for? Because if we are attracted to push-pull relationships and that's that toxicity of like the ups and downs and the roller coaster and the back and forth, um, it's gonna find it we're we're just naturally programmed to, you know, find those those highs and lows, those emotional highs and lows more attractive than if it were something that's stable. And yeah, when yeah. we start to grow, what we start to realize is is that stability is really what we're after. 
There are other ways that you in authentic partnership can experience those highs and those highs together. And they don't have to be lows. I promise you they don't. Um, and that can be, you know, going on trips together to feel that adrenaline, right? Cause that's, that's replacing a toxic pattern, which is why we're attracted to them is because we feel that adrenaline rush in our body, right? And it makes us believe that we're madly in love, but love actually doesn't work like that. And that's mm. what trauma bonding is. Um, love doesn't work like that. It takes us a while to just, you know, get curious about what, what safety feels like, what certainty mm. feels like. Um, and then one of the things that I will say and then I'll wrap this up is I always tell my clients well, a lot of things, but one of them is, is you can trust your intuition when you can trust your intention. And what we know about trauma is that trauma can block intuition. An example is, is, you know, in moments where, um, say we're dating someone new, right? And something for some reason doesn't feel right. Maybe, maybe I see him on his phone a little bit more than I would like. And my body is instantly triggered. And I don't even know what he's doing on his phone. He could just be like responding to emails as he probably is. But where trauma blocks intuition is, is we see things not as they are, but as we are. And I'll say that one more time. We see things as we don't, wait, we see, well, that was not articulate. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Okay. And that's where you know, maybe past wounds before where it's like, oh, I'm watching my partner scroll on his phone often, you know, he might be speaking to another woman. He might be engaging with something that doesn't feel loyal, right? So instantly I'm triggered, right? And so, so that's an example of trauma blocking intuition, but that goes back to us and we can only control what we can control, which is ourselves and our reactions to external stimuli. Mm -hmm. And so when we can trust our our intention, we can trust our intuition as it pertains to dating and trauma bonding is, is when we can trust our intentions are pure. Um, and if we can trust that we're leading authentically, which means we're not trying to people please, we're not trying to emotionally mask, we're not trying to play small so others will like us. We're authentically searching for a partner that will be our equal. We're authentically showing up in our power because we know that we are goddesses, not in, not in a way of cockiness, but in a way of just embodiment. That is who we are. And we're looking for our partner in that life, right? When we know that, that's how we can trust our intention, right? And we may still attract certain things, but if we're doing the inner work, we're going to be able to spot these red flags a lot sooner and at no detriment or less detriment to our mental health and inner peace. And that's that's the goal, right? And such a, yeah. such a gorgeous way to like bring our conversation to an end. I think that like, yeah, girls who are listening, you'll definitely resonate. And even though we have a laugh and a joke about these red flags and how, you know, it can feel so exciting and a rush of adrenaline to, to think that you're falling in love with these people, you, you, you hit it perfectly. And I see that so much in myself that I've been addicted to the chaos of it all, addicted to the uncertainty of it all. Um, and that is just purely past trauma, like coming up again and again and again. So I definitely want to share with each of you girls, obviously Isabella is just an absolute G at what she says and shares and does. <laughs> but it's definitely a practice. And I think myself and Isabella are both on the path to 
working through our red flags that we see in others and really allowing ourselves to receive the love that we truly deserve. And it's a process, hey? It's a process. It is, but it's doable. It's totally doable. Yeah, it's doable. So I have loved this conversation with you today. I think that anybody listening, if you are feeling so empowered after hearing this podcast and you really want to share this empowerment with other women, I would love it if you could screenshot this episode, share it to your Instagram stories or share it to your Facebook or put it in your WhatsApp groups to all of your fave girlfriends, anybody who really needs to hear this because they're stuck in a pattern of being addicted to their trauma or not really knowing how to elevate and heal and release from these trauma bonds in their life. Um, share this message with them. And Isabella, thank you. Okay. Thank you. I, I love, love you so much. You're this so is... in your element right now. Oh my goodness, girl. I know this, this is just like an... <laughs> This is just like an insight into our weekly Zoom calls anyway. Exactly what we do. This is like standard conversation that we would have anyway, but we just wanted you girls to listen today. I just love you so much. Like I just, gosh, she's glowing right now. (laughs) Your element. I'll be honest. I was really nervous. Like I was like shaking, I think for the last 45 minutes for some reason. (laughs) But I just like saw you just so like proper and chill. And I was like, dope. I I'm channeling this energy. I love you. (laughs) I love you. I love us. I love all of this more and more and more, please. And please share with my listeners where and how they can connect with you. And yeah, I will of course be sharing your details in the show notes as well. Yeah, of course. So the best way right now is actually through Instagram. I'm actually not the kind of person I'm just not posting actively, but I do check all of my DMS. So Instagram, it also has the link to my website if um if you know it has my email on there if ever you're curious and want to ask more questions i'm here and available amazing so i'm going to pop isabella's instagram and website into the show notes once again thank you so so much for bringing your gorgeous light and energy to the podcast and girls everybody thank you for listening myself and isabella are sending you all of the love and all of the power in the world And I cannot wait to see you next time. Bye-bye.